In May 2019, the International Publishers Association and Dubai Cares had a vision to support publishers across the African continent. The result was a courageous initiative called the Africa Publishing Innovation Fund, an $800,000 fund to support literacy, book access, indigenous publishing and library restoration. This podcast series features the dreamers and free thinkers who have stepped up in the face of adversity. We'll learn about their ambitious projects and a shared belief that access to knowledge is an undeniable human right. My name is Lawrence Njagi. I'm the chairman of the Kenya Publishers Association and the treasurer of UpNet and a very proud member of APIF. Africa, as we speak today, has the youngest growing youth population, which means these are tons and tons of literature that should be landing in Africa, but very few people know that. And yet, uh, to me, that's a huge opportunity, uh, looking at uh, especially countries like Kenya, where I come from, uh, people are hungry to read. Then I come to a country like here, like Sharjah Book Fair, and you find tons and tons of books, and you go to Africa, there are tons and tons of people. There should be a mix somewhere where you can join the two. We have two major pressing issues. One is the, our disappearing languages. In Africa, in most of Africa, it's either French or English, and at best Arabic. A country like Kenya, we have 44 different languages. 44. My wife, for example, comes from a different uh, ethnic background from mine. My children speak neither of my language nor my wife's language. So it bothers me because I ask myself in the next couple of years, 10, 15 years, what will the children of my children know about my language? It means a chance, a high chance that that language is going to disappear altogether. That's not a unique uh, case in Kenya or in Africa. We have been dominated by foreign languages and we've discarded our local languages. And somehow we seem to think the more you know, the more you know about English or French, the more likely you are much more educated, that you are more knowledgeable. We relate knowledge to the language. Uh, and that, 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 that is so far from the truth. Uh, that worries me. A lot of languages are disappearing in Africa. A lot of us are not writing in our languages, for example. You find almost no books written in Kikuyu. Uh, and if they are written in Kikuyu, there's no market as a publisher. And as a publisher, I look for market. So I'll follow where the market wants. You talk about Kikuyu, nobody even knows what Kikuyu is. So why, that, why do we allow that imbalance? That really bothers me. Bothers me a great deal. It's important because um, if you lose a language, if you lose your language, you lose your identity. I mean, there's no way I can speak English better than an Eng Englishman. And I shouldn't try to speak English better than an Englishman. If I lose my identity today, I'll lose my cultural values. I'll lose those things that, those, those bonds that bind my society. Those, those proverbs you're talking about, they will disappear along the way. Because then I'll be talking about English proverbs. And I'm not an Englishman. 
English have their place and they have their, their, their way of doing things. We have a way of doing things. The minute we lose our language, we stop communicating with ourselves and we start embracing what is so foreign. When um, Sheikh Abadwar introduced the concept of APIF, one of my worries then was that we have had a lot of projects coming to Africa, projects that are looking very good on paper. But when it comes to the real impact on the ground, it is not there. APIF is an African-led project implemented by Africans. For who? For Africans. So the solution to the problems that we, we are trying to solve are within us. And um, APIF gives you measurable impact and over a very short period of time. We don't have to wait for 10 years to see, did this project help anybody? The projects of APIF have direct impact, very direct impact. In fact, in my country, the, the two projects that happened there, you should only come to see. One of them is a library in the in Eastlands, that is the, 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 the lower income area. Children have nowhere else to go but to that social center. That's where they do their homework from. That's where they go to spend their leisure time from. The transformation of that library into a world-class, small, neat uh, library with toilets, with a working kitchen, makes all the difference. And for the children from there, you should see them. I mean, they line up on Saturday morning. I went there on a Saturday morning and actually a tear rolled down my, 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 my eyes because I kept wondering. So there's this part of the world that really requires us to come in. And the way we came in was a small way, but the change and the impact was huge. When I was made a committee member in the APIF, we got tons and tons of documents to go through. And openly and above the board, we chose what we thought were projects that can really solve the problem, address issues in each or different kind of setting in different kind of countries. My most rewarding time was to see that project start, that project end, measure the expectation, then you can see the real results for your eyes. The fact that we have been able to touch lives, really touch lives. Most importantly is to speak to the actual people who benefited Kakuma camp. This is a refugee camp in northern Kenya and APIF came in to assist the library. These are children from Somalia, from Sudan, who have nowhere else to go. And they spend their day either loitering within the camp or just hanging around, you know, adults. But when we, as IPF, assisted them to get the library going, you should see the difference in their lives. Some do, did not even know English at all. Some taught themselves English from those kind of those books that were delivered there. So to me, I've seen real change. Could be small, and I ask myself, what would happen if this was taken up, even by governments, and it is upscaled to ensure that, I mean, we are doing something that is happening and you can see it, and there's no story about it, and it's being implemented by people on the ground who know the situation on the ground. It can't be any better than that. If you enjoyed this episode, then please consider subscribing to our channel. The Africa Publishing Innovation Fund is an $800,000 fund 
to support literacy, book access, indigenous publishing and library restoration across Africa. We'd like to give special thanks to our project partner, Dubai Cares, who have been working towards providing children and youth in developing countries with access to quality education. To date, this UAE-based global philanthropic organization has successfully launched education programs reaching over 20 million beneficiaries in 60 developing countries. To learn more, please visit www.dubaicares.ae. This podcast series is brought to you by the International Publishers Association. The IPA is the world's largest federation of national, regional and specialist publishers' associations. Our membership comprises 89 organisations from 73 countries in Africa, Asia, Australasia, Europe and the Americas. Through its members, IPA represents thousands of individual publishers worldwide who service markets containing more than 5.6 billion people. Learn more about the IPA by visiting www.internationalpublishers.org.